Welcome to Holy Trinity Episcopal Church in Nevada City, California. We are in the 19th week after Pentecost, and our message this morning is brought to us by our priest, Brad Helmuth. So about six weeks ago, my oldest Emerson moved out, not because I kicked him out, not for some bad reason, he moved out. Um, a year ago, he and I had had a conversation. We were on a trip together, and I wanted to take this trip with him to talk about kind of next steps. It was, I was feeling like it was time for him to launch. It would be 22 in January. I'd given him sort of extra time and extra grace. We'd been through a rough season together, and I felt like he needed to settle back in and get, get sure footing. I guess that's the way I would say it for him. And so we did, but I felt like now it's time. And so I said to him, it's time. <laughs> a year from now, I, I need you to be gone and, and move out. And I'm happy to help you figure that out. What you're going to do, where you're going to live, we can talk about it. He said, no, I know, Dad. It's time for me to do that. And I think I can handle it, and I think I should handle it. And I said, that's perfect. And so, uh, so about six weeks ago, I moved out. Although we still got stuff in my house. <laughs> I think that's probably just part of the game, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember back. I think I did the same thing. In fact, I'm pretty sure that I did. Uh, in I, first service, I said in two weeks, William's moving out. But, but I, think, uh, I think he takes possession on the 25th of an apartment that he and his buddy are going to live in. Um, and I couldn't be more proud of him. He's been wanting to get out longer than I gave Emerson notice that he needed to get out. And because William says, I need to be responsible and I need to learn to be an adult. I thought, okay, that's not a bad thing, right? But as I, as I was going through the process of them getting ready to leave, and then Emerson leaving and William will be out, I'm thinking to myself something that I told them well, maybe three years ago or so, especially when they're bickering with one another, I said, you know, guys, soon we won't do this, meaning we won't be in the same space together, and it, it won't happen that way, so really enjoy this. Take advantage of it. And so I thought about the different things that I've taught them over the last little bit, over the course of their life, and I kind of wondered to myself, had I done enough to prepare them to be good men, um, to be responsible, to understand and know and actually like productive work, you know, all those things. And so I was reminded of that, uh, of, of a component of like what, what I, you know, what, what, does a, what does a kid need going out of the parents' house? What, what do we all need? And the passage from Timothy really jumped out at me. Now, in my, in, in my context in, of being discipled, um, not in the Episcopal Church, in the Evangelical Church, this particular passage can be used as sort of like Bible thumping. In other words, if you don't have the Bible, you don't have it, you know, that whole thing, right? Not really what Paul is talking about. It's not his intention. It's not meant to be something to um, swing at someone else with. And not all evangelical churches do that, so don't, don't hear me painting that evangelical church. 
It's just that they really value the Bible. The word is important to them. And so that's a, this, is a, this particular passage is important to them. Because Paul is communicating to Timothy, who is Paul's disciple. More than that, Timothy was tasked with the responsibility of being an elder in the region where he was at of the house churches. He was charged to organize the different house churches with pastors in those churches and to be over them and keep watch over them. He was essentially a bishop. That's the best way to understand it. I don't know what you would call Paul. Maybe he was the presiding bishop or maybe the pope. I don't know. However you want to understand that structure there, there was a relationship of authority of Paul over Timothy. Um, in the last couple of weeks, Paul has encouraged Timothy to remember the gift that has been given to you. And so it is in that context that the words are communicated that all scripture is God-breathed. I know it says something else in your translation. A more appropriate translation is, all scripture is God-breathed. Now, what do you think of when you think of God-breathing? Your brain should go back to Genesis, right? God breathed life, and, uh, life into Adam and to Eve. That's what he says, that this scripture is God breathed. It is, it is life. And the way that I understand that is that it's foundational. It is something to build upon that is life-giving. Now, another interesting point about this is that at the time Paul was writing this to Timothy, what were the scriptures, think about this for a second, what were the scriptures he was referring to? Old Testament. Now, Probably many letters and maybe some Gospels had been written. Okay? I, I'm not remembering exactly the timeline of the pastoral epistles and when they were written and where that fits into the timeline, but they wouldn't have been widely distributed. They wouldn't have been canonized. But he is writing about the Old Testament. Now, lots of times we like to go into the New Testament. It's a little more friendly for our Western minds. The Old Testament can be a little bit, well, like the Jeremiah passage this morning. Teeth sit on edge and sour grapes. Yeah, I'm going to pass on that, right? I'll look at something that I can understand, right? I mean, that's kind of how it seems. But that was what they were talking about, what they were thinking about. That was the scripture that was good for them to build and reprove and correct and encourage and do all these things. We can build upon different foundations, can we not? We can build upon the foundation of the scriptures. We can also build upon the things that we like and or want and make the scriptures say what we want about those things as well. That happens, doesn't it? Right? I've experienced in my life people making the scriptures say things it clearly does not say, nor does God intend to speak in that way. But by taking little snippets of things, we can make it say what we want it to say, so that becomes our foundation, those things that we want 
those things that we desire, um, the way we feel. But the correct order, or I would say not the correct order, the better way of building a foundation is to start with and understand. That's why Paul is telling Timothy, listen, Scripture is good. It's good for you. It's good for me. It's good for the churches to be built on. I remember, um, remember a, a while ago being told that Episcopalians didn't really value the Bible. Now, okay, just hear me out. <laughs> they didn't value it like the groups that I've been spending time with, meaning they didn't spend all their waking hours like this or um, memorizing it or something like that. There was sort of this sort of uh, there's sort of this understanding of that. Now, what I've come to know is, right, when I came into the Episcopal Church, that you all know Scripture. Some of you don't know that you know Scripture, right? Have you ever read through this? Sorry. Do you know where most of this comes from? Right straight out of the Bible. It is amazing to see that in the Book of Common Prayer. I never knew that. And maybe you've never known that. I don't really know. But I want you to know, if you don't think you know Scripture, you know Scripture. Because a lot of the Book of Common Prayer is put together with that. It's important. It's a foundation. It's why, it's why and how that was put together for, for our primary way of worshiping together. Morning prayer, evening prayer, Compline, the burial rites, the marriage rites, prayers for the sick, prayers at the time of death, all those things. It's taken from the foundation, from the scriptures themselves. Why? That's where you have to start. Why do you have to start there? Well, if you're going to orient your life as one who is a part of the family of God, it'd probably be nice to know kind of what that involves. Wouldn't you think? I do think. Although I won't go into the details this morning of the Jeremiah passage, in particular of sour grapes and teeth turn on edge and all those things, I will say this. In that particular prophetic passage, what's being communicated is this. God had a covenant with his people. He was, as Jeremiah puts it, their husband. They neglected and gave up on that covenant as the bride. And so they were in this place of exile. But what does he give to them? He gives them a sense of hope for something better. But the reality is, if you back it up, right, is that they had a covenant with God. They broke that covenant. That covenant was no longer valid for them. And so there are consequences for that. They needed a new covenant. They needed a new agreement. 25 years ago, I entered into a covenant with someone. A few years back, that covenant was broke. The new agreement I entered into was not to be married. That's a new agreement. And I honor that. 
And in two weeks, I'll enter another agreement to be married. And I will honor that. Covenants and agreements mean something, and certainly the details and stipulations of those things. And so when we read in Jeremiah about the details of the new covenant that God will make, there is this allusion to the coming of the church. God says, No longer will I have this agreement between myself and the people, but I will be with everyone. I will write it on their hearts. No longer will we be so far apart, but then we will be intimate, so much so that I will write it on your heart. What a sense of hope. The truth of the scripture says what? We are messy. We break covenants. But God is gracious and merciful. He forgives. He writes the relationship. He does, even though we're messy. Is that important for a young pastor like Timothy to know? Absolutely. Is it important for any Christian community to have that basic understanding? Yes, absolutely. If you and I agree on this premise, we can go from there, right? If you felt like I was holding something over you because I was better than you, how's that going to be for hanging out? Have you ever hung out with somebody like that? I have. Is it very fun? No. No. But I am not better than you, and you're not better than I. We have all fallen short, Paul writes in Romans. Fallen short. Came up short. Not had enough cash in our pocket, however you want to say it. But God makes up the difference, as it were. He has a new agreement. And that agreement is personal, and it is intimate, and it is wonderfully, beautifully hopeful. And again, thinking about my sons, I think back over the years, it's like, did I impart that foundation to their lives? I want to say yes. By golly, if, if I didn't tell them directly, they got it through like going on a million youth group trips, hearing about the word, seeing how God changes lives. Certainly that's my hope here as well for us. That we have that understanding together. In our Bible study, we're going through uh, 1 John. And the intention in 1 John, of John the Apostle, is to make sure that everybody is starting out on, on the level playing field, on the, in the same space, with the same foundation. And so it's important for us. So it's important for us to understand that the scriptures are, are essential. Why? Because by them and through them, we may examine ourselves and our lives and make corrections, course corrections, adjustments. We can be encouraged by them. The scriptures give us hope. The scriptures have incredible promises in them. 
one of which is in the gospel reading today. Now, it's an interesting way of communicating a truth about God who will hear you to give this illustration of this nagging widow and a really, really bad judge who cares nothing of anyone. And it's one of those ways of illustrating something where the pendulum is swung so far over here and then it goes back over this way to say, but God is unlike this. He is how? He is quick to hear you and to bring you justice. Well, that's encouraging. That's hopeful. If you've ever been in a not great spot, it's good to know that God will bring justice about that. God is a God that we can pray to, talk to, ask things of. Not to get what we want, but to get what we need in life. The scriptures are important for us. I hope that you all feel that way. I hope that um, I hope that the, as the readings come out on a weekly basis and I try to kind of unpack them a little bit or that I might write about them that's helpful for you. Or if you're in Bible studies and things that you're, you're taking those things to heart. There are so many other messages that we get during our day that conflict with that. That by making sure that we are grounded in the scriptures and the foundation is secure, that when other things come into our lives, different messages, that we know what to do with them. Right? Whether the culture telling us something about who we are that's in conflict with who God says we are, or who we need to be, or God help us, the political process, any of those things, that we have something to weigh it against. And when you have that as your foundation, you're more quick to understand kind of what it is you need to do in any of these situations, how we need to feel about something. How do we value life? How do we value others? What does it mean to love our neighbor? Or welcome a stranger or any of those things? How do we spend our money? Where do we invest our money? Where do we invest our time? How do we deal with relationships? How do we deal with conflict? How do we support someone that finds themselves in a rough spot or a rough season. The scripture gives truth about those things, about how you and I together can be the family of God, that as brothers and sisters in Christ, siblings together, how we can love God, how we can love one another, and how we can maintain course in the midst of all the things that go on around us and the things that we hear. Amen. Amen. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.